Welcome to Bike Shop Life, a podcast about the life and times of an independent bike shop in Buffalo, New York. I am your host, Ethan Johnson, co-owner of Campus Wheelworks and co-founder of the Campus Cycling Collective Incorporated. I am a 24-year veteran of this industry, and this podcast will cover many of the adventures I have faced and continue to face in our ever-changing retail environment. I decided to create this podcast to better tell our story by actually telling our story, rather than hoping the point came across through short social media posts. Through this podcast, we will document and dissect the bike shop life experience. Along the way, we will also cover events we promote and events we participate in, race reports, tech talk, and tech tips, staff interviews, and local legend interviews, shop shenanigans, campus culture, and anything else bike-related that blows up my dress. All right, today is my first local legend interview. Joining me today are two folks who have the most bike touring experience of anyone I know. They have ridden their bikes to 49 out of 50 states of our great nation, and today we are going to learn a little bit about their journey and how bikes have helped shape their lives. Please welcome Joe and Emily Olgen to the Bike Shop Life Stratosphere. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Um, so where are the two of you from? Are you from Buffalo or elsewhere? Um, I'm from Wilson uh, in Niagara County on Lake Ontario. I'm from Lyons, New York. It's uh, about an hour from Rochester and an hour from Syracuse, right off the I-90. Yeah. I was thinking you were, are you a 315-er then? Mm, yeah. 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 315. And then it turned into what? 585. 585. Oh, okay. So at some point it turned into that. Yeah. I remember, I couldn't remember if both of you were from out that way or just, you but know. My home phone was 315 and my, it, once we got cell phones, it was the 585. So how did you two meet? Cuca College at college. Yep. First time I saw him, he was riding a unicycle. Yes. So started on one wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> evolved into. Yeah. Well, uh, I picked up unicycling after, after my freshman year of college. I think because she was a freshman when we met and I was a sophomore and I had transferred after half a, after one semester at another college. So my freshman year, I went to Lee's McRae in North Carolina. I was like, this is too far from home. I went there to race bikes. But like other people that went to race bikes there, they went to the Tour de France. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was four races in. I was like, yep, I'm going. Boom. Went out to North Carolina. And they're like, yeah, right. This isn't going to work. Huge mountains. And then I decided, I saw a guy at that. That's where I got the idea, I think. At Lee's McRae, I saw a kid riding a unicycle. I was like, I can do that. I learned that's that over the winter break. Or, yeah, and then so I knew it going into Cuca, how to ride a unicycle. And then I got better over the summer. And then sophomore year, I was riding all over the place. You started racing bikes a long time ago then. Yeah, uh, yeah. I only did races that didn't need license. And there was mm. a bunch of them. At, or there's two a year. <laughs> so for two years, I did two races. And I only did those two. It was the uh, Owasco Flyer and the Tour de Loop. And it was mass starts, 200 people at the line, and you would just go. I think the Owasco Flyers in Auburn. That one had 210 
both years somewhere around 210 people and i would come in like a hundred i think i got 89th one time and everyone else was like cat fours and better that were in front of me and then it was all people that never raced behind me um then that same year i did pretty well at um and i would call that well i did well for not racing much and yeah so a lot of racing prior to coming to buffalo that's cool i didn't know that um what do each of you do for a living I teach at Bennett Park Montessori, um, School 32, downtown on Clinton Street. I have first, second, and third graders. Awesome. Yeah. I teach for a nonprofit called Western New York United Against Drugs and Alcohol Abuse. And it's like a regular teacher, except I just teach seven to 12 lessons per class to everyone in the building. So it's K through sixth. And then I have a leadership program. I'm in school at School 80, Highgate Heights, and School 45, which is right over here, International School. And I switched to a couple different schools over the last eight years or nine years. That's where I am now. And then I also sell real estate, coach sports for School 80, and I uh, manage a bunch of rental properties. Bunch. <laughs> and you still find time to do bike touring. That, you know. <laughs> you got to make it work. <laughs> yeah. We were thinking it was coming to an end, you know. And then it went three years in a row. We were able to take some kind of trip. You kind of just make things happen. And so then, you hear that? There's no excuse. If Joe right. can do it, you can do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Even you when need, I think might, we don't have would, time, he makes sure that we have time. Yeah. <laughs> and we, there's a lot of cha- changes in this year's schedule that made time available. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You, you look for opportunities and you capitalize. Right, on yeah, them. I mean, it's, it's really the, uh, the whole lemon thing where you, you make le- uh, lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. And it really, that, for this year, definitely. Yeah. And in the past, it's similar. Yeah. Just when I thought covid shut us down joe's like we should do a bike tour i'm like you're crazy but it actually was pretty safe thing to do during covid because we don't really see too many people so it worked out that's awesome (laughs) well you mentioned that you've been racing for a while but when did both of you start cycling i started um well i met joe at college in september and i had my first bike by december i had a unicycle before that then my first bike so i started freshman year of college cool (laughs) So cycling as in riding, just I rode bike when I was a kid, but it just didn't stop, right? Yeah, that's, so that's how I that's how I describe that question too. So right. however, however you would describe how Let's you see. started cycling, my or never stop, I whichever. Think my, I think <laughs> the first year I wrote, so I write all my until this year when we're doing our kitchen. I haven't been writing stuff down in my book, but Strava saves it, and I will write it down. I have a book with every year, with pretty much every ride, unless I like forgot and just never, and unless I never like wrote it down, right? But it's mo- like, you can go through and just look at the different rides I did all the way back. And I think the first year I wrote it down, I was using uh, MapQuest to measure my miles. And I would always ride to the center of every town I was going to, because it was the only way I could figure out how to make sure it was very close. <laughs> and like, I didn't know there was any technology for it. I was like seventh grade i was starting must have been seventh or eighth grade first it was just ride to town right yeah and it was seven miles of town ride to town and that was definitely uh sixth seventh grade going into eighth and by the end of eighth grade i had found two friends and was getting them getting them in trouble because they were leaving we would go to town i would go to town then i would ride with them and we would go to another town and then i was like trying to knock off towns in my county. Mm-hmm. And they weren't like close, like 20 miles or 30 miles. And we're riding Walmart bikes. And like one day I made one of the guys walk home because he had a flat tire and we didn't know how to change it. So we, he walked <laughs> home and we, I mean, another guy would ride up, stop and hang out and he would walk to where we were and we'd continue that way home. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, so that's when. But prior to that, we would I would ride my brother, I, and then whoever we could antagonize to come out with us. We'd ride. We lived on a ninety-five acre farm, and we had a huge hill. We'd bomb down that. Got a couple of people with concussions doing that, and then we had at one point. My, for whatever reason, we had truckloads of dirt put down in our old driveway mm-hmm. and we made jumps off of that. So we, lots of different stuff. Yeah. But you, you've been tracking your riding since, since seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I always wish that I was better at documenting things like that. Yeah. It, it just turned into, I don't know. It's not, it's a weird documentation. You'd see it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, would you call what you guys do, uh, bike touring or bike packing? That, changed so bike packing started way after yeah. i read about this guy uh, something kefir but yeah bike touring bike to touring. answer the question quickly is it's definitely yeah. bike yeah. touring we've always referred to it as bike touring yeah being that you've been bike touring people for a long time since before there was a term called bike packing what do you think of bike packing that's just riding around in the dirt well no. it, i feel like what, I whatever you think of thing. it i don't know I much about bike packing i guess i, I thought it was i think feel like bike packing is more short term and bike touring is more long term that's I, my assumption but i honestly yeah. haven't researched this at definitely all, so I no thought idea. it was either the <laughs> same thing or it's like going hiking so you go on a trail and ride around that way which is i mean you're gonna be able to go far yeah. enough that it's similar to bike touring anyway so yeah i think i have no idea <laughs> i so I've, I've been trying to answer this question for myself so that's why i also ask it is because it seems like they're kind of the same thing but that's yeah. that's kind of what's been described to me as bike packing is is a lot like backpacking but with a bike. So yeah, it's mostly mm-hmm. trail and you like backpacking, you try to do it as light as possible because right. it's on your back. Right. You know, so you might you might make different decisions in gear than you would bike touring. Mm-hmm. Though some, you know, but I think one of the reasons that I think it's going to be interesting talking to you and then I'm also going to interview Ryan Sarka who has done some really light minimalist mm-hmm. bike packing is that there's many different ways to do this. Like there's oh, many yeah. there's many different ways to get yourself somewhere with your bike. And I think that that's really cool. But I wanted to see what you guys thought of it. If you were like, no, bike packing, that's stupid. No. Or if you're like, um. Definitely not stupid. Yeah. I, just don't, I just don't know. I haven't really thought about it, I guess, yeah. is more way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, other people's form of bike riding, I really don't have much opinion on. Like, but negative, definitely no, not any negative opinions yeah. of other people's. You just uh, like to yeah. do your own Everybody's thing. Everybody's different. Do, yeah. yeah. You just do what you like, so. Yeah, that's a good way to be. When was each of your first bike tours? Oh, same thing. We rode, uh, I think I always need, I always wanted to do this bike tour thing since in middle, in like high school, but I needed someone to go with. And I was definitely not going to be on the road by myself. I just didn't want to do it, you know. So you figured you'd find so, yourself a soulmate. Yes. <laughs> Basically, out. that's the way it, yeah, that's the way it worked out. I didn't know um, this was gonna happen, but two, it worked out. <laughs> two thousand eight. Two thousand nine. We rode to Maine. We rode to his uncle's house in two thousand nine. Joe's like, okay, we're gonna go visit his uncle. I'm like, okay, yeah. great. Like, how does how's this gonna work? He's like, we're just gonna ride every day, and then we'll camp in our tent. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I didn't r- have the slightest clue what we were doing. I just we did big rides before that, though. Yeah, we had done some, you know, century rides and things, mm-hmm. but it was definitely. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I had done a lot of big rides, and I did some similar things to bike touring. Like prior to that, I rode to Newburgh, New York once and i attempted it a second time i didn't make it and <laughs> dehydrated on the side of the road oh yeah <laughs> the cops came it was long oh that's my a whole God. story in itself 
But so that was a real first bike tour that uh, we took, or I took even, is with her. And we did, it was 90 miles a day the first seven days, like eight, upper 80s, 90 miles every day. And we went out for every breakfast. I think we were going to Subway for lunch. Yeah. It was real light. It was, it was on our road bikes. Yeah, we had our yeah. road bikes and just rear panniers at the time. Mm. Um, and each tour, we've progressed in our touring style. And our, the last our, three have that, I well, would say. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. And our, yeah. know, what they're called. Materials or yes, our tools. our equipment, equipment evolved from <laughs> from that first trip all the way to Alaska trip, and in Alaska trip it, it changed within the trip because it was so long, and then we just continued doing pretty much the same way. Some things change because mm-hmm. they wear out. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what my next question was: was what's your ideal touring setup, and has it evolved, or have you stayed with just what you started with? It's definitely evolved. Um, yeah. Our fir- that first tour we were talking about, we went out for all our meals for the most part, mm-hmm. and we cooked hot dogs and s'mores over the s- campfire every night. We had no cooking equipment. We just had two bowls and two spoons and a pocket knife. That's and awesome. Then the next tour, we we upgraded. We yeah. had we had. I a- think we d- did we we did hot dogs every night and we yeah. had an open <laughs> for fire three flame every night. Amazing. I, I didn't eat hot dogs for a lot of years. Yeah. Oh, man, that's no, great. Then the next tour You're like, we... I've seen camping before on TV. You eat hot dogs and s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what we did. We were, oh. you know, young college kids. So the next year that we upgraded, we had, we had a metal grate that we could put over the fire and we had pots and pans. So awesome. it was quite exciting. Right. So that really changed it. <laughs> The real change came when we got a stove because now we could camp anywhere. Yeah. And it took us out of the woods right into the backyards of churches. <laughs> <laughs> or in pavilions and town so, parks. Actually, it's slightly happened on, on the Florida trip. We were coming back from Florida. So, 09, we went to Maine and back. And we missed Delaware or Rhode Island. Rhode Island, right? Delaware and Rhode Island. Because those end up become Delaware and Rhode Island are important because they end up being later in, once the goal got established. Yeah. Many states in, we got this goal that it, it brought Delaware and Rhode Island become interesting at the end, like the last couple of years. Sure. So on the way to Florida, we ride out and it was just woods after woods, always in the woods, outside of town, seven miles to the next town approximately. So you wake up and then ride to town, eat, bre- eat breakfast at a uh, at a grocery store or, or wherever. Cafe or, you know. Well, over. no, that, that's when we started using um, the pots and pans in Florida. Oh, in yeah. Florida. Florida. So we were doing ser- lots of cereal milk, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, that actually <laughs> kind of stays around. It's, the, it's so easy to do and it's quick so we can get going in the morning. After a couple months, you start getting really tired if you keep doing that. Yeah. But We don't yeah. eat cereal and milk in our normal life. Only when we're touring because <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at some point, I was like, ah, oh, this stinks always being in the middle of the woods you know and there's these churches and they have grass they cut for us it's like or a we'll, campground yeah so we can't behind it and then we'll cook it in the woods next to the church mm-hmm. so there's once you get south there are lots of churches that have big fields and then woods very close they're like out in the middle of nowhere and it's like so yeah so we went from the woods and like with the correct cooking equipment we're not stealth camping so much we're just well, kind of still camping, just in the middle of towns instead, because yeah. it's way more fun, because yeah. yeah. everything's right there. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was another, the follow-up question, which you guys are preemptive, uh, preemptively <laughs> answering, was yeah, what what kind of camping gear do you use, and do you prefer camping versus, like, couch surfing or warm mm-hmm. showers? Because I know you've done do a lot we, of that, Okay, too. so do you want to talk about couch surfing? Um, well, we don't really use couch surfing. Not, for not while we're touring. Mm-hmm. We've hosted... You know, two guest books 
full yeah, of people for, have, at our house, but we don't use it while we're towing. We, we just use warm showers right, specifically. Yeah. Warmshowers.org. Um, we always, we like a balance between camping and warm showers because the best part of touring is meeting people. It yeah, opens that it door. It kind of forces you to. Right. You know, or allows you to whatever you want, whatever you word you want, because you're going to email random people, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you go to their house and then they introduce you to other people. And then there's lots of it opens interesting a lot of doors. things that happen at, that way. Yeah. At the same time, you still like to have your, I don't know, camping is like part of the experience, too. So just yeah. having a balance between the two. Well, it wasn't, I want to say balance. There's, we were camping out a lot, progressive, mostly. I don't know if that, that's the right word. Mostly we camped out. Yeah. And I think maybe the last trip, this past one in the summer to far, or to North Dakota and back, we camped out the most maybe out of all of them, mm-hmm. per, percentage wise. Um, I don't, I forget the numbers on our Alaska trip. I think it would go in camp the most, warm showers a second. Oh, okay. So churches are camping. It's yeah. The same thing. Yeah. For the most part. Camping if, at churches. Camping is yeah. if we're in our tent. Random yeah. invites. Yeah, and then hotels the least, you know, yeah. and camping doesn't include, I would put campgrounds and hotels is the same thing because okay. camping is, we're no just shower. setting up, yeah, and, no shower. Yeah. yeah. We won't even pay for a campground that doesn't have a shower. We're not yeah. going to go to there. We'll just camp somewhere else. It doesn't make any sense. And I think, like you said, with the getting that segue to meet new people, mm-hmm. most of the people that are on warm showers are the kind of people that want to yes. introduce you to right. things. Yeah, and yeah. Just like you guys are for other right. other folks. And I know you've repaid the favor tenfold. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> we have had a hundreds. lot. Hundreds. I would say we've had hundreds of people. We have around. a world map, um, one of those scratch off world maps, and we scratch off for every country we've had guests at our house from and we've had somebody from every continent except for antarctica so yeah. that's pretty great yeah. that's <laughs> awesome that's pretty- allows you to they're not all bike tours anymore yeah you know yeah. we originally we, we started with just warm showers and then i guess it, when you started running marathons we did couch surfing yeah so i thought i would use it more but it never worked out for us yeah. as a viable place to couch surfing yeah. once or twice yeah just harder to get people yeah. As far as your equipment, what do you guys like to, how do you like to carry gear on your bikes? We do the rear rack and a front rack with a, it has a platform on the top. Like a trunk b- trunk bag or just a platform? Uh, it's a platform on the top, but there's there's bags on the side of the front wheel. Yeah. 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 So just panniers front and back, and then you could put stuff on top of the racks. Yeah. So there's, although the new rack I have. Right now, actually, it's open across the top. You still put stuff on top of it. Yeah, but it's not shielded. Yeah, just our panniers, and then we I have a big waterproof bag that, yeah. you we know, just multiple. a roll top that I bungee on the top yeah. and yeah. in between in the back. So. And we do... And handlebar bag. Handlebar bag, yeah. We, we definitely don't have the lightest equipment because we're pretty yeah. cheap. So we'll, well use it we just until kept we use, Yeah, anymore. we use it until it breaks, and then we'll get better. Yeah. So, and that's the way the stove was. Someone gave us the stove for the Alaska tour, and we used it the whole time but it was real heavy it was like it was a coleman stove made for car driving camping so <laughs> and you carried it to alaska yeah and, and, and back and we even <laughs> back and then it part ways then, to delaware too in before florida <laughs> on a florida trip the, the one before that so it was a two-year spread so 2010 we do florida 2011 nothing 2012 we went to alaska and all the others pretty much all the other states and we were doing a, a grate that we put over the fire for florida and mm-hmm. then Definitely we thought light. we would still use it on the way to alaska but by the time we were in maybe Michigan, I just left it at a park. Like, <laughs> it looks like homeless people here. They'll probably like it. And yeah, 
pass it along to somebody <laughs> else. Oh, that's great. Do you have any idea how much your full setups weigh? Um, uh, we um, got uh, the, we were weighed once in Missoula, uh, Montana, and mine was 120 pounds. Oh my God. <laughs> mine was 110, so it weighed about the same as I did. But you have to consider that you know, it was right before we're going into Canada, so we had just I, bought a full thing, like a full yeah. Coleman thing of fuel. It takes up my entire front oh pannier. Oh my God! Are you seriously like, a gallon of fuel? Yes. <laughs> we, just, we didn't say we were good at it. Cheapest uh, way to go, so we just got yeah, it, and we were set it. for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I yeah, know it's a little ridiculous, but so our bikes were at their heaviest when yeah. we were because we we're just getting ready to yeah, go but into they still the middle of nowhere in and Canada. Her bikes always weigh a lot more than they really needed to be. Yeah, extra clothes and stuff. That I like to be need. clean. <laughs> Her bike's way more than they need to be. The extra clothes. Never mind the gallon of white gas you have in your bag. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Heaven forbid I always ever get hot by a car. I would have Yeah, <laughs> gas everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You just burst into a ball of flames. I've, I've been kind of going down the rabbit hole of bike packing and bike touring research, just kind of learning about yeah, it. We you definitely know. don't do it the easiest or the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, or at least or the lightest way. Yeah, definitely. But so, you know, I'm looking at these like two pound tents and these people that, you know, use alcohol stoves, which, you know, the things like this weighs as much as a silver dollar. Mm-hmm. And you guys ride all the way to Alaska and back with. <laughs> I don't know, you know what what you're thinking, getting something that you can't buy anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So both stoves we've had, I th- I think the one that was given us could use gasoline. Yeah, we wanted, we to, wanted make to make sure. sure, especially going to Alaska, that it could do anything. Yeah. And we never needed to use gasoline, nor would we really want to, but... Mm-hmm. But you could, yes. in a pinch. Yes. And, yeah. and the get... one we have right now, the MSR, definitely uses gas. Could you definitely yeah. use gasoline? Which yeah. MSR do you have? Is it like... Whisperlight, uh, I think. I think it's... Oh, yeah, place. Whisperlight. I think so. Yeah, Whisperlight International, probably. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. also have to think when um, we were going to Alaska... We were we had all seasons worth of gear. We had winter stuff. We had like a lot more than we would do if yeah. we were just doing a summer tour, and we wouldn't need like hats, gloves, oh yeah, like thick pants. Yeah. We had an excessive amount of all-purpose, all-weather gear compared to other tr- tours because it was just we were out for so long. Yeah, and it didn't make sense to mail it home and like play that game. So. For sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. I have trouble like limiting myself for just like a. A weekend, right. you know, like how many layers do I need? It's always not as many as I bring, mm-hmm. unless it's more than I brought, which is the other scenario well, there that was happens. Definitely, there was definitely <laughs> times on our, our long tour that we had like every piece of clothing we had with us on because it was so cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know with Alex and my one main bike tour we did, the first couple days were like 90, mm-hmm. and we ditched a bunch of stuff at his parents' house, and then the rest of the trip was like 40 and rainy, and oh I was just God. like, if I only had my long johns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just never know. Like in May, you're like, oh yeah, it's totally great, until you get to the top of the mountain, and it's like snowing. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be prepared for all, yes. <laughs> all weather. I don't, anything over a couple weeks, yeah, pretty much. Well, I guess it depends on what season, where you are, right? Yeah. So. I asked you this the other day, so I knew the answer, but I thought it was a, a good one to bring up. But uh, what state-of-the-art navigation do you use? Uh, oh, <laughs> well, that, that's kind of evolved, too. Well, um, the last two th- tours, last... we've had smartphones. But oh, before wow. that, it was totally AAA maps all the way. AAA maps. <laughs> so like, how do we get some really good maps? They're free. Oh, that, those AAA. are the best maps. <laughs> yeah. The best maps are free maps. D- did um, you get like triptychs where they actually plan the route for you or no, just the straight no, up? No, no, they don't know how to plan for us. So yeah, just, yeah. 
Wait, they'd have you on the highway. They can yes. plan route triple A. This is like this. We're not triple. We're not triple A members. Oh, of course. My, yeah. Grandma, yeah. My, grandma, yeah. my grandma hooked us up with some maps. Of course, <laughs> you aren't even the triple A members. We're one. So. Our, we're one car family that right? drives three thousand miles a year at the most. And he's never even owned a car. So, They've yeah. all been in my name. Yeah. So he's so. never. You've never owned a car. No, no. Never had one in his but name. But yeah. we have two cars. I plow driveways for my rental properties. So mm. we have. I have a Jeep, but it's actually my dad's Jeep. So yeah. No, you guys are masters of being frugal, which I right. I really appreciate. It, <laughs> you know what though? It just fit the goals. So it's hard to like. Because people ask me how to do this and this, and I'm like, I don't know. It just fit our goals. And if your goals aren't the same, how are you going to do anything yeah. we do? So. Yeah. That's the thing. If you want to be able to have this, like, adventurous life where you don't just work every mm-hmm. day, you know, you have to make compromises. Yeah. You can't. You oh, can't yeah. Like, going yeah. out to eat. We, like, never go out to eat. But on a bike tour, we'll go out to eat because, like. We went out a bunch of times. We went out time. a lot <laughs> on our bike tour yeah. last time. But, like. Any other time, we just don't go out to eat. And yeah. we just save our money, save our money, so that when it's yeah. time for our tour, we can splurge. And Because we really appreciate it a lot more when we're after oh, riding yeah. like 60 miles. We're like, oh, oh cheeseburger yeah. sounds good right now. And, and we go out to eat. You can <laughs> yeah. go out in those towns that uh, are cool. Like we went out to Chicago, we went out to eat. We went out to eat in Fargo. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's more memorable than just yeah. going out here yeah. on a If you're not doing day. it every day, you yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. I had asked you this when we were out at Jonathan's mm-hmm. um, and you were like, you know, I was like, well, do you, you know, plan really extensively or like what's, what's your kind of, uh, when you're like, I want to go somewhere, like how do you go about it from oh, like day to day planning well, your oh, route? And well, stuff? there's definitely not really day to day planning. Well, um, when we lo- <laughs> when we start thinking about a trip, he'll like crunch the miles and say, okay, this is about how long I think it's going to take us if we do this yep. average a day yep. and we don't necessarily plan where we're going to stop. Um, we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and just. We've always been go. uh, going maybe a little too fast. Oh, Alaska trip was not too fast, but um, the rest of them are always borderline too many miles because I want to just. I like to just get to the next place. I don't know why it ends up being this race to yeah for no reason. Yep. And I like uh, to not race, and I like to <laughs> stop and see things and take rest days. And he's totally opposite. yeah. It's been my big my <laughs> biggest struggle just to like hang out like. Definitely stopping is a problem for me. Yeah. Do you, but, uh, do you experience like like relationship friction with that? Does it like really bother either of you, or does it kind of um, do you kind no, of I balance, just balance each other out? Very specific times, not the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Every once in once in a great while, one of us will be really angry, but yeah. for the most part, we're like, eh, all right, we'll keep going, right? Eh, yeah. Okay, we'll stop. Yeah. So it just like we just kind of balance each other out. Most of the time, it works out yeah. okay. Yeah. As for planning it, it. All I knew is we were going to Chicago. We were going to follow Route 66 as close as we could to uh, St. Louis. And then when we get to St. Louis, we were going to try to follow the Mississippi all the way around to a town called St. Cloud. And then we would find our way from St. Cloud to Fargo. And that's all I knew exactly we would be doing. And there wasn't a right way to go. Like, we could just... We just had to make those points ma- match up, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of make your bigger destinations, things you want to see, and then everything else kind of falls into place as you as you go. Yeah. And if you happen to get a warm showers place, sometimes you're like, okay, well, they're about this far away, and we'll we'll kind of micro plan at that point. And but- then, yeah, so that's when the, the planning comes in is when we were getting warm showers. Um, and then for the return trip of that trip, all I knew is we were going to the Upper Peninsula, and I wanted to go to that Mackinac Island. <laughs> whatever because there's no cars it's there, it was yeah. magical i don't know if you ever heard of this this mackinac island in michigan 
just an island with no cars except dump or um, garbage trucks, and I think they have school buses. Mm. Or fire trucks. They have fire trucks. No oh, that's awesome. But so really everything's done by horse and buggy, or bicycles, or snowmobiles. I guess they have those in the winter. But yes, okay. yeah. And there's like 250 residents yeah. year round. And they have a school. That's and everything. awesome. It's really crazy. Yeah, it was a really cool little place. Cool little, yeah. But we definitely yeah. missed some things in um, the Upper Peninsula because we didn't really plan that far. Um, or, uh... So, but I don't know. At that point, yeah. Joe was doing it as a work trip. Um, Prior, so we didn't plan as well as we normally did because it was kind of a more last minute thing than normal. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I want to dig a little more into that a little later because I was going to try to keep this somewhat, you know, sequential. So, okay. but we can go back to how that was a work trip and how yes. it all came about. Yeah, I know. Because um, I think that's also a crazy and cool story. But yeah, so you, you guys uh, kind of you enjoy being able to fly by the seat of your pants, which kind of allows like any opportunity to present itself. Like if yeah. you're like we should stay here. You don't have to like argue against your plan. Like, Oh, that's going to knock us off schedule. And mm-hmm. Exactly. And cause that's the thing about touring, um, on a bicycle, you never know what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what you're going to see. And if there's something really cool that happens or you meet somebody, they're like, Hey, you want to go on a boat and go see, you know, a humpback whale or something, which mm-hmm. we did in Alaska. Like we, random things can happen yeah. and you just got to embrace those when they come. So, yeah. Having no plan is sometimes the best plan. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you guys rode your bikes for a long time right after you got married, right? Was that how that yeah. all came about? Well, originally... Six months ago. Yeah, we... So, married in August, March, we left. Yeah. Originally, and, our, our big trip plan was like a five or six year plan after getting married. But had to then, pay student loans off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then we're like, if we don't do this now, we're never going to do it because we'll get jobs and we'll just be tied yeah. down. So, we stopped substituting and just kind of well, left. Well, the plan started in, <laughs> so we got married in August. And by, I think actually the that week after we got married, my dad was over. He's like, if you, you keep talking about doing this bike trip and I don't think you'll ever go if you don't go sooner. And uh, <laughs> good advice. it was going to yes. get busy, you know, like, well, he knew life would get busy. And I didn't really at that point know how busy it could, we could get mm-hmm. or I could get because I got really busy. Yeah. But um, we had just finished college, got married, yeah. so we were still like, and I'm like, Dad, I can't go. I beginning. have a nine hundred and fifty dollar a month student loan. Oh my god! And he's like, um, well, he had bought he he's helped me. And one of the things going to college, are like, I'm gonna have this huge student loan. And they're like, well, we'll help you. And I didn't know, like, I'm gonna give you a job. I thought he was like gonna help, like, give me some money. Yeah, he's gonna like pay your student loan. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, when we rent out your apartment that you live in, that Mostly he'll cover it, so I'll give you that. And I go, well, I don't know if we'll have enough money. He goes, well, I'll give you. I think it was like ended up being two or three hundred dollars extra over the student loan, so that my student loans get paid every month for the year, which is humongous. It, well, a lot of your listeners listeners have student loans, and they'll understand that. Yeah, I'm sure. To make this one, and that was, and then the extra money was to compensate anything that we weren't able to save because now we had six months. Yeah conveniently i still don't didn't have a car so that's a huge and i think we weren't paying rent because we lived in his house i was supposed to take care of the two buildings he had a three unit and the two unit i lived in mm-hmm. so that was my work on top of subbing substitute teaching i worked at lowe's every weekend so i was working seven days a week going to lowe's and i was supposed to hammer out the student loans that was the original reason to do that that method until i got a teaching job which apparently never never ever happened the nice thing about the student teaching is you can just the substitute teaching. turn it off. Substitute teaching, uh, just turn it off. 
and come back later. Sure. So I never even had to quit the job. I just stopped accepting. You just put sub-days. unavailable on the mm. internet, and then when we came back, we said we're available again, and then we start <laughs> subbing again. Never That's had to, no no applying, and then Lois hired me right back. Yeah, and I so, worked like seven days or six or seven days a week, like twelve hours a day too, leading up to the trip. So we were able to really kind of save up quickly. Yeah. Right. Once that became a so, goal. Yeah. And then we just saved instead of maybe making double or big payments on my student loans. We just started saving because I before that, that whole summer, I'd been making big payments on uh, my student loans, which helped later on. I, you can tell, you can feel the difference whenever you can pay extra yeah. on a loan. You feel the difference at the end. Sure. During it, you don't feel anything. You're like, oh, that was stupid. But yeah, where's that money at? Yeah. <laughs> so that was how uh, we were able to take the trip and save up. We, we had like, 12 or 13 grand and enough that we were able to in the middle of the tour go on a cruise yes <laughs> right yeah, it would have been so, a long ride back from alaska on the same so road that, so, so yeah cruise was a, right after we got married we had six months saved all the money we needed to save or what we thought we'd have to i figured if we come down to the last bit my dad would pay for us to get home and then I was like you <laughs> yeah know, but we came home and we still had money <laughs> in have, the bank so that worked while. out yeah we still wow. had something in the bank after yeah. Amazingly. Um, well, it, it, that was how did it go? Well, I just I was going to start the story basically. Like you, right. you guys rode your bikes for a long time, and I, I know a little bit about your story. But like, what what was your like what was your initial goal with it? Were you like we're going to ride get, our bikes okay. to Alaska? Or so the goal for Alaska and the reason that even came up is when we were finishing our Florida trip in 2010. We stayed at a warm showers house that we still we still are in contact with this guy. We stayed at his house in 2010, and he uh, took us to go to the state line. We'd already we come out of Ohio, mm-hmm. and we never got the state line picture. Yeah, we so, crossed on a bridge, and there was no sign. Yeah, both ways. We didn't see it, and then we didn't get the West Virginia picture either. No, maybe. So uh, that's one of that's part of your collection so is a well, state line picture yes. of every state. Yeah, every yeah. every state we've been to has a state yeah. line picture. We have multiple at some states. Yeah, well, now a lot of them. It's right? really, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. So he's riding with us, and this random dude comes up to us and is asking us about the bug tour, and we're going slow. So he's like talking to us, and he goes, "Well, have you ever been to Alaska?" And we're like, "No, <laughs> we just went to Florida. Was that not enough for you?" <laughs> And couldn't be further away from Alaska. And he takes off and that was it. Like that was the end of the conversation. And the guy, John, he goes, asking a person bike touring if they've ever rode their bike to Alaska uh, is like asking an astronaut if he's ever been to the moon. Nobody's done that. And I go, we're going. That was it. That was, that was the tough. end of it. I was like, so I could do that. Let's after go. that trip, we're like, okay, so we then got, it was just ongoing. <laughs> we've got most of the coast done, and we have to get the rest of the and, states. Well, we didn't. I don't think the rest of the states was even a thing. It was just we wanted to ride to Alaska, and then whatever. It was part of the goal was to hit the states because it was just so easy. If you're going to go to Alaska, you have to get dedicated at least, well, apparently five months at least, and that's if you're to fly home, right? And we knew we were gonna, we wanted to ride home because the last two trips were there and back and. Yeah, well, we had already done like 12 or 13 states, and we're like, oh, well, let's just keep going. We'll just zigzag all over the place, and we'll just get them all. Although we missed North Dakota, yeah, which will come in that. later. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's uh, the Alaska trip was the idea came from a random guy in West Virginia, Ohio, near the border that had no idea that someone would do the thing he says he's, says is impossible. Well, basically, he was saying it was impossible. Yeah, basically, he dared you. Kind yeah. of. And, and you guys accepted. So too bad we well, couldn't like I mean, find that guy and say, "Look, we did it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look here. <laughs> Which is, it's funny because that's not that may have been the first one I've noticed that we did something like that. But 
on the Alaska trip, on the way back, we went to uh, Saint or uh, Louisiana to New Orleans, and in Baton Rouge, they were finishing up a marathon, <laughs> and I didn't do much running. Like I did a couple five games maybe, and I we watched the end of this marathon. I was like, I can do that. So now he's <laughs> got like, back, and we ran, I ran three marathons. I'm taking it back. <laughs> that's the one awesome. thing keeps leading to the next. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You you're always like challenge accepted. <laughs> that's awesome. And then we went back, and the sec- the third marathon he was he did was in Louisiana. Yeah, I did. We had to go one. back to where it started. <laughs> and now for a word from our sponsors. Campus Wheelworks. Campus Wheelworks. Go down to campus for bikes, skis, and gear. Going down to campus, seven forty four Elmwood. Are you ready for an adventure by bike? Yes. Campus carries some of the best adventure, bike touring, and bike packing brands in the industry. Salsa, Kona, All City, and Surly are world-renowned for their adventure offerings. Whether you're looking for a weekend getaway, a week-long tour, or a ride to Alaska, we can help get you set up. Our staff has tons of touring and bikepacking experience. Stop in today to begin your next adventure. So in your Alaska trip, was it, did you guys basically just make a beeline for Alaska or? No. We um, zigzagged across, um, got to South Dakota, then we went south to. um, Can I explain the whole thing? Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) we rode right over the Peace Bridge, crossed Ontario Street to just above St. Clair Lake, which is, it borders uh, Michigan or it's between Michigan and. Ontario. Mm-hmm. There's a little ferry. We stayed, actually, I remember even staying at a warm showers host once we got into Michigan. And he was a property manager and he managed three or 400 rental units. It was amazing. And he had this awesome house. I'm just sorry. I did that in there. <laughs> uh, then we cruised down into Indiana and over into the, what's the next state? Indiana, Illinois. Illinois. So we had Michigan, Illinois, and then we continued and we went through Sandwich, which is important. Our last podcast was with the people from Sandwich, Illinois. Oh, okay. And they had moved for uh, the last trip we were on. But we stayed with these people there, and then we went into – that's where we, we came, went up into Wisconsin, yeah. just hit the corner of Wisconsin. So that was the Wisconsin. That's all we did. It's a little corner of Wisconsin, and then we crossed the Mississippi into Iowa. And in Iowa, we took Route 9. We met some people, Jack and Ward. Ward Ward and Jackie. Ward and Jackie in Iowa. And they had done a three-year bike tour. And we specifically went out of the way to their house to hang out with them. And they are just moving back. They've been home for like three, four months. After a world tour. Wow. Really awesome. They were amazing. We followed this Route 9 in Iowa, uh, the whole length of Iowa. The people in Iowa are probably the nicest people in the country for bike tours and bike travelers because they have this thing ragbri which i i would love to get back to and do a ragbri and i have invites from all kinds of people to come and join their team and be on the ragbri team right because we end up staying with different people and then iowa we went and hit the corner of uh, minnesota 
and then right into North uh, South Dakota. And at South Dakota, we'd already faced a couple days of real strong winds. And we were, we were going to have to ride north for 300 miles to get to North, or yeah, just North Dakota. Hit the border. There's not going to be any town. And we're just going to hit the border and then come back down. I was like, you know, let's just skip it because the next thing we had, we had the bad, Badlands in front of us and uh, Mount Rushmore. And these are like things we hadn't seen anything. We skipped, we didn't go to Chicago. Because we, we were scared of cities at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were, I mean, we just moved to Buffalo prior. So we, the most city living, we've gone to New York City, but not on bikes. Yeah. yeah. And we still haven't rode our bikes to New York City. So at this point, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. Yeah. So we sk- we had skipped Chicago, but, uh, where was I going with that? It was the first big... First big uh, tourist attraction is sure. the Badlands. And yeah. we rode there. That's a long ways to ride without seeing like a big Anything tourist was, attraction. Yeah, yeah, nothing. There wasn't yeah. a whole lot going on. I yeah. mean, it, the well, scenery changed. It yeah. was March. We left on March 11th. And I don't, no one remembers 2012, but I really remember it. It was like 50 degrees in March. It was, in oh, the yeah. beginning of we, March. So, someone stopped us in uh, Michigan and said, you know how lucky you are. It was 75 degrees in Michigan in March. And he said, normally there's a foot of snow here. And I'm like, well, it's kind of why we're out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it was part of the plan. It w- I mean, we didn't know it was going to be so good. We would have waited till uh, whenever it was. We played it by ear. Like I could quit my job. I knew I could kind of look and see how the weather was going. And that winter, no snow, no snow. I was able to ride bike to uh, Lowe's every single uh, weekend. I didn't have to like, well, I didn't have to. I was taking the bus, went, yeah. you know, yeah, because um, we didn't have that car. And then we went uh, South Dakota, went to the, uh, we went and saw the Badlands, saw Mount Rushmore. Then we went through uh, Nebraska south. Then we went all across Nebraska, going south, really close of uh, the western border of uh, Nebraska into Colorado. Colorado, we crossed. Cross into the mountains, gone out uh, just out, off of uh, Route 70, I believe it is, uh, near Denver, and then took Route 40 up towards Salt Lake City in Utah. And so that was where we got our highest peaks and all that kind of stuff. We did, I think it was 10,800 feet on Route 40. Wow. It was snowing and stuff. That was the only snow we saw on that part, at that part of the trip. And then we went into Utah. Park City, Utah, and then Idaho, Wyoming, Wyoming, and then Montana, and then we were going towards Alaska at that point. So only hit the corner of Wyoming. Well, we hit uh, Yellowstone, where mm-hmm. Wyoming is, and a little piece of Idaho. A lot of Montana, but it's so big, it still feels like a little piece of Montana. <laughs> and then into um, Alberta, I believe it was British Columbia. British Columbia, but we hit we went into Alberta a little bit too at some point, and we rode up through the national park in Canada there, which not Glacier National. Well, yeah, we skipped the U.S. Glacier National Park because it was closed. It was closed. You go online, you can see where the plow is, and it was not close. Like there was no road over the snow was a couple feet on the road. Okay. Apparently, yeah, up in the summer. At least that's what they told us online. Yeah. So we weren't going to test it. Yeah. With and your 120-pound bike. <laughs> go up and then come back down. <laughs> uh, so then, then yeah, up to no, Alaska. I, there's not many routes. Yeah, Once went, you cross the border, there's only a few ways to go up. We even bought we bought some in Missoula. We bought these maps. 
And I, we basically, we filed them, but it was like, there wasn't another way. So uh, it was super. It's just divine. like, go straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the North yeah. Star. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then. We went through to the Icefields Parkway in yes. Canada. That yeah. was really beautiful. The ice, yeah. If someone can do the Icefields Parkway, Canada, that is one of the coolest things you could do. It goes between Banff and Jasper, basically. It's closer to Jasper. It actually ends at Jasper and then Banff is a couple like. 60 miles away from it the start then we hit i think it's a yellowhead highway i think that's what it's called and went up through uh, prince george right yeah and then took that to the cashier highway which is route 37 on oh that we were kind of following a, a route up there i read a book called you can't ride to alaska because it's an island <laughs> and he gave us the route and he said oh he took the cashier highway not the alaska highway the whole way so when you go up um to Alaska, you turn off at Prince George and you either go straight north or you can keep going west and hit the Kaziar Highway, which then goes straight north. And uh, it was supposed to be more secluded and a little bit less traveled because sure. there's camper after camper going up the Alaska Highway. And it's kind of like uh, riding like 425 around here, the Alaska Highway, or Route 62 going south. Mm-hmm. So it's there's not a ton, not as much traffic, but that's the kind of road. So when I, we're saying yeah. highway, these aren't highways like I-90 or the 400. Yeah, it's they're, like a two-lane road. Yeah, two-lane road. And, and up there, they're like... And the gas stations crushed. are every 300 miles, you oh, know. <laughs> uh, so the Kaziar Highway, I was like, we're going to do that. And we, we did it uh, pretty much very similar to what the, the guy did it before us. And there were only... There was one grocery store and one gas station. And it was set, it was... Four or five hundred miles long, right? Wow. So we were we did it in seven days. So we did sixty miles a day or hundred kilometers a day because everything there is in kilometers uh, in Canada. So. And then we there we went to this the Watson Lake, and they have all these signs. That was really cool. And we met these guys from Texas, and I go we we're, we're gonna ride with you. Like I don't know why it was. We'd been by ourselves the whole time, and yeah. these two dudes are like, "All right, well we're leaving now." Like, "Ah, we'll leave tomorrow. We'll catch you." And we did. <laughs> and it really worked out. I mean, well, they, they'll probably was, listen to this. Yeah, but like, it was a grandfather-grandson team. So it was really cool because he was like 14. So for him to go out and do this was amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, so other cool people we met on the trip. Um, and then there we rode. We went real slow. We dropped. We were doing like 30 to 40 miles a day, whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And we rode all the way to Fairbanks. So two, it's pretty close to 2,000 miles with them. Wow. Over a bunch of weeks. Alaska is so far away. Yeah. It actually was kind <laughs> of, it worked out great that we, we really um, met down. them because we were already like a month ahead of schedule because Crazy Pants over here decides to go as fast as he can every day mm. um, <laughs> without any breaks. So we were already a month ahead of schedule. We had our cruise booked for the end of September yeah. and we oh, got wow. to Alaska in July. Yeah. July 20th. <laughs> <laughs> Which but totally, uh, we got so, to see a lot of stuff because of that. Yeah. We know? ended up riding around Alaska a lot. So it was actually worked out really good, but luckily we met them because they slowed us down a little more than we would have been. Yeah. We, <laughs> on the way up to Alaska, we, we stay with a one warm shower. Actually, they weren't even warm showers. They were random. We were camping on the side of the road and uh, the farther North you go, the less there are trees. Mm-hmm. They get shorter, stubbier, and sometimes there's just like bushes. And so you're just camping and like cars will drive by and like waving to them. <laughs> and hard to hide. And in the the desert we were 
it was a similar situation that we, there's just nothing around. So you just camp wherever you feel like it. No one would bother you, but some people stop. Actually, we met them prior before no, we the camp. Ri- we were riding with the grandfather, grandson, Papa Mike and little we met Michael. Him twice. And we were riding along and this lady runs out of the woods yeah. and says, do you want some beer? Yeah, I was standing- we're like, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Where did you come from? And of course, little Michael was 14. <laughs> yeah. So she got, she brought him root beer. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, we ended up camp, uh, yeah. we ended up staying with them. I'm down the, the so they like this was a week before, later before white horse she sees us offers beer she got me a beer i'm pretty sure got yeah. michael a, a soda and then they go well we're down in um i forget the name of the town we're it's like 600 miles away you know this was their summer house or yeah. something and they just apparently drive way far for that kind of stuff and I go, well, that'll be a while from now. So maybe we'll stay with you. And they were still on vacation. We went to Whitehorse. And after Whitehorse, we camped. On the side and of the road. That evening, <laughs> they're right, driving by. They come again and visit us and give us snacks. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And now yeah. we're definitely going to stay with them. Yeah, because we, we had were, no contact we information. We were two days out at that point. But they saw us camping on the side and of the road on their way home. we were able to, we, just, we always have a spot. To, uh, the big, the last two, the Alaska trip and then this past trip. We had uh, this spot device, mm-hmm. and it could tell. So we gave them the card so they can see us oh, on the spot. Cool. And when we got to their town, they I think waved us down or somehow contacted us. I don't know how we that. I think they came out to find us. They they drove out and we yeah. gave us more directions to their house once we yeah. got And we went to that. I don't know if you, this mattered to you, but we went to their welcome center. It's almost like a museum, and we're watching this video on the area, and it shows on the map a dot. And it was the first time I thought about being far away. <laughs> and we're watching. I'm sitting next to that kid, Michael. And he, I go, dude, look where we are. Because they're from Texas. And he'd flown up to the border and rode up. But still, it's a long bike ride. You look at it and we're like at the top of the earth now. And I was like, wow, so far away. And I couldn't believe it. And Just, we, you know, yeah, I have a picture. They had a, a world map or a north american map and mm-hmm. i'm like here's buffalo and here we are and i'm just i like still to this day i look at that picture i'm like that was the moment we're like yeah. wow that's we've pedaled this whole way like it's insane that's <laughs> remarkable and then yeah but then after that we we were able that's other, the cool thing when you're out and and maybe this is where the bikepacking uh is better because you're really out in the woods mm-hmm. we on the last guy where you're really out in the woods and we were able to we ate fish we, we ate some duck accident <laughs> <laughs> but uh we were actually fishing for fish i think they bought a fishing pole or something we didn't have any license or anything i don't know don't tell the canadians but uh we so we ate fish and everything and then i hit a duck with a rock and we got it so <laughs> not like <laughs> a baby duck it was not purposely it was, it the was kid that was riding with us is always story. depressed because he's a kid, I guess. I don't know. He's 14 and he gets bored. Yeah. So, so Joe is trying to liven things so up a little bit. So he comes right in and I've been hanging out there. <gasps> so you murdered a baby dog. <laughs> I go, Not he, goes, he goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm hunting. And I go, I throw that and it hits it right in the head. It been, No, been, they had been dodging it all yeah. before that. Yeah. So yeah. it was totally an accident. Yeah. Kind of. So, so it was like first throw, you just happened to. No, no. first throw in, with Michael was the yeah. first throw. And he's like, oh my gosh. And then it's like swimming in circles. Oh I was like, God. oh my goodness. Couldn't believe it. And uh, this is not a story I like. Papa Mike comes <laughs> yeah. up and he goes, you guys gotta, we gotta kill the doc. I like, uh, you could do it. He's like, all right, go get it. And I went in the water, I got it, gave it to him. And. Uh, 
You did the whole. It was horrible because then we had our campfire right all, next to the lake. I let and you fill it in. As we were cooking, all the other ducks were like sitting in the water, like looking at us. Like, oh so my weird. god, it was horrible. But, uh, on the way to Alaska, so change the subject. We had some of the coolest camp spots. Like you would set up. We did do some campgrounds there that didn't have uh, showers. Well, there was no one else around. So how many times can you just camp out in the woods? So we would ca- go to this. We went to this campground. And I think, it, actually, we may have stayed there for free because the lady caught us on the road. And she's like, oh, no, you have to camp with us. One time, the campground uh, was full and someone was sent away. And then there was a forest fire. And I'm like, yeah, that's unlikely. <laughs> that it happens twice. And I guess the person had died that didn't stay at the campground. Holy crap. You wake up and there's just huge mountains. And we were like flat with the water. And then it goes into the coolest landscape picture. Yeah. And and outside the tent. Camped on the side of cliffs and stuff. It was really cool. But anyway, we get really off town. Not even close to his question. Okay. What was his question? (laughs) (laughs) The route? Yeah. You were running through your route. Okay. But, you know, stop and tell whatever you want along the way. This is your story, not my story. We headed up to uh, Fargo, Fairbanks, rather. And it was kind of a boring town. There's not much there. It was actually, I would say Far, Fairbanks is much more boring than Fargo. I liked Fairbanks. It was fun. It's just very north. And during the summer, we went into this um, refrigerator, basically, that it gave you the example of it being negative 30. And you throw water up, which you can actually do around here if it gets real cold. I don't know why we paid so much to do that. <laughs> we had to be tourists at some point. Yeah. And, um, and then we rode down and went to Mount McKinley. Which we had really cool. A re- she took a really cool picture on a crappy camera of Mount McKinley, which is the tallest mountain in North America. For anyone listening that doesn't know, yeah, Mount McKinley. we didn't have our bikes in the picture though because we, it was a dirt road and they wouldn't allow you to go out there. Like if, uh, in order to go uh, out, you had to pay for they, the bus. Ride. Yeah, so to go out, I think it was you had to know where you were going to camp and be able to tell them on a gra- grid. Like, I'm going to be here. Uh-huh. And then all the way out, and you had to be certain distance from the, the road. Like, it was, the, like, the National Forest rules, except they enforced them. Because yeah. I think with the National Forest, if no one sees you, it doesn't matter. But they, like, would look for you and make sure you were where you were supposed to be. Yeah. And then you had to pay per night as though you were in a campground the whole way out. And I'm like, that's dumb. I'll just pay for the bus. And I come back and camp at the campground and have a shower. Sure. So that's what, that's yeah, the reason yeah. I think we did that. But the bus would. There were other people doing it, but I was. Just, uh, I don't. I that was not yeah. what we wanted to do. Sounds like a lot of planning, and that's not yeah. really your style. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know how. Like the road wasn't not good, and there's bus after bus after bus. Oh like, yeah. And they're all school buses. And the roads and are very narrow, and they just kind of fly. There's mm-hmm. actually a, the bus was entertaining. The guy talked the whole time. Oh my god! Yeah. And he told us he goes, lots of people die on the mountain, but no one's ever been killed by a bear. Right. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, <laughs> someone he had to finish change his story because someone got killed by a bear. This dude was from California was taking a picture too close to a bear. It was in the newspaper, on the news, all over. This get yeah. So now he can't tell that <laughs> yeah, story. No, that, that story <laughs> never dead. Be, you heard one of the last times he told that story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Then we went down to Anchorage and did the Kenai Peninsula because yep. we had we had already rescheduled our cruise to be up another week because we were there so early but we still had time to ride around and of course it was really cold and rainy at that time yeah. of year in mm. alaska but it was wonderful and then we took uh it was the princess cruise 
so I saw someone on Facebook take a princess cruise from Alaska. So I was like, all right, we'll do that. And yeah, it was either that or um, the well, ferry, which was kind of cool. You could camp on the ferry. Lines. But, like, the food and, like, I don't know. It just seemed like a really good option because we had just eaten rice and oatmeal for the last two or three months. Sweet. And, like. Yeah. So, on that trip, know. we did a lot of the same meals over and over and over because we weren't good at cooking, I guess. I'm like, yeah, yeah. we cook at home. But, I don't know. Anyway, so, we just were eating this terrible food and we're yeah. so sick of it and rehydrating get, everything yeah and then we get on the cruise and there's creme brulee and there's prime rib and mm-hmm. it, was it was amazing, amazing. Yeah. i cried we pr- might ever we might go on <laughs> another cruise sometime i don't know all right we're gonna stop there for today join us next time to hear how joe and emily get all the way back to buffalo from alaska and learn how bikes have helped shape their lives as well as their relationship with one another for a closer look at their adventures, including tons of pictures, be sure to check out Joey and Emmy's bicycletour.weebly.com for the Alaska trip and olgenodyssey.weebly.com for their most recent trip to Fargo to secure their 49th state. So thank you for joining me for another episode of Bike Shop Life. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Bike Shop Life Pod. That is also my hashtag. I have a Patreon if you'd like to support me at a monthly interval at patreon.com slash bike shop life. Also, please subscribe and give me a review wherever you're listening. If you'd like a sticker or want to shoot me some feedback, you can find me at podcast at campuswheelworks.com. These shenanigans are only worthwhile if there's someone on the other end listening. So thanks for being here, and thank you, Joe and Emily, for joining me. We'll talk to you next time. But now things come